Whether you're at a point of having to make a career choice or you simply like to hear what others are passionate about, this podcast is about the workers who make up our nation's economy. I'm your host, Allie Nielsen, and this is Employed. Almost every time I coach, I walk away just so energized. I absolutely love what I get to do. Thank you so much, Rachel, for coming onto the show and sharing with everyone what you do. Can you introduce yourself? I'd be happy to. I'm Rachel Moore. It's M-O-H-R, so that's the German spelling, so it's a little uh, different. But I am a certified and ICF credentialed life coach. I also am an executive coach and leadership coach, and I'm a professional speaker as well. So share with us a little bit, what does it mean to be a life coach? That is a great question. You know, really what it is to be a life coach is to be able to help people to be able to get unstuck in whatever capacity. It's basically to help people to get from point A to point B in a way that creates more ease for them so that it's not so much a struggle and helps them to be able to gain some clarity and some awareness around things that they might be doing that they're kind of getting in their own way so that they can stop doing that so that the things can come a lot easier as well. Can you give us an example of maybe when someone would seek out a life coach? Yeah. So most people for me with my clients typically come for coaching with regard to learning how to kind of get unstuck. (laughs) They're stuck in some way, shape or form in their life and they are ready to get unstuck. Um, They also come because they are wanting to be able to just kind of get out of their own way and start living their best lives now, start being able to enjoy their lives to a different level and really create what it is that they they're craving in their lives. So those are some of the main reasons why people typically come to me for coaching and seek out life coaching, to be honest, is because they want to enjoy life more. They want to be able to experience more fulfillment. They want to be able to live their best lives now and be able to discover their purpose and be able to really create and make the impact that they're really here to make. What made you interested in doing this? So in college, then I actually uh, studied psychology and got my degree and started, I was heading down that path, was planning on doing all of the things with being a marriage family therapist, actually. And uh, as I got more and more into it, then I realized it was just not what I really wanted to do. <laughs> and so I scrapped everything and I was thinking, well, great. Now what am I going to do now that I've actually graduated? I have no idea what I'm going to do. And so I used my, my psychology background and I went into selling uh, for neuroscience, things with really, uh, regard to neuroscience and pharmaceuticals and got into that because I, I love the brain. I love understanding how the brain works. I love understanding, you know, all of those different things. And it was really, you know, still going through everything and my company that I worked for, they actually gave me a three-year leave when I had my, my son. And as the time was getting closer, I was trying to decide you know, what my plan was. And I also had another child. And so I was trying to figure all of that out. And actually, one of my kids was having a problem with something, was struggling with something. And I was one, late one night, I decided I was going to try and find some answers to trying to help her with some things. And as I was looking for something completely unrelated, then I came across life coaching and I had never heard of it, had no idea what it was. And so I thought, oh, okay, what is this? And so I started researching it and fell up uh, into something where it talked about the top five programs in the world and read a little bit about them, what life coaching entailed, and just felt really pulled to doing it. And so the more I 
gathered information about it, then the more I just felt like, oh my goodness, this is exactly what I wish I would have had, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> and, but, you know, luckily all the things that I have done, like I said, because I do the executive coaching and I do things with a lot of executives and, and leadership and managers. And then a lot of my corporate experience helps me with being able to coach them. But then also, you know, as a mom that I, I, I coach a lot of moms as well. So I, my life experience has helped me in my coaching. So I wouldn't say, oh, I wish I would have started way back then, but I'm grateful that I, my life has pretty much been leading me all along to it. I just didn't realize it, if that makes sense. What kind of education is required to become a life coach? I know that you said that you're licensed, so there must be some type of exam involved. And what type of experience would you say that people should have before jumping into something like this? Well, you know, it's actually interesting with life coaching. You don't have to have any training or any licensing to actually be a life coach. Okay. That being said, I would not recommend that. (laughs) You are working with people in their lives. And personally, I think that you should at least have some type of training to understand how to really be able to work with people. But, you know, there are people who I, I know and I love and who are amazing coaches who come from a social work background or come from psychology backgrounds and come from things like that. And they are amazing coaches as well. So really, I would think having some type of training to understand the human mind and understand human behavior and how to kind of help in, in changing people and, and transforming how, how people transform, how people change so that you can use that to be able to really be uh, the greatest source of help for your, your clients. Also, it's, you know, the second fastest growing industry. And with that, then when I went into coaching, then I heard about something called ICF and it's International Coaching Federation. It's kind of the gold standard in coaching. And I figured knowing what I know coming from a corporate background and knowing that this is a billion dollar industry, not million, billion dollar industry, it's the second fastest growing, that it probably wouldn't be long before they decided we're not going to allow something like this to go unregulated. And so for me, that's why I, I went to an ICF accredited program. And then I went and did all the things to get my ICF credential, which yes, there's a three hour test that's involved to do all of that. Plus, you know, lots and lots of hours of coaching, really life coaching, I would say comes down to that. I would invite people out there who are thinking about doing to at least, at least do a program where you get some type of training in it. With regard to the actual ICF credential itself, if you're going to do that, then if you're going for the, the ACC credential, because there's, there's three different levels of credentials, if you're going for the very basic one, then you need to have at least 100 hours of coaching clients. You need to have 10 hours of mentor coaching on top of your accredited program certification. And then you also need to take and pass a test that, like I said, is three-hour test to be able to show that you really know what you're doing and you have to submit a call that you did with one of your clients, the full transcript, the full audio recording, everything so they can make sure that you really do understand and know what you're doing as the coach before they will say, yes, we put our stamp of approval on you. What's the difference between those three levels of credentialing? Does that mean more responsibility as you work up or can you give some clarification on that? So the, it's really, it comes down to your hours of coaching and also your, you have, you know, certain hours of um, coach training too, that you are, your continued education is what it is. So it's really comes down to that. So you're getting more education and you're doing more, more coaching is 
the the main differences between okay those. so it's not so much that you are able to do more the further you go into your licensing it's more more expertise that you have yeah yeah that would be a good way to say it yeah it just means that you have even more experience and even more training and education but going back to the whole thing with life coaching i mean people don't even have to have an icf credential right so again, it comes back to, and that's the thing too, with internal versus external coaches is some internal coaches. So people who are working within an organization or company or something like that, they might be requiring you to get to your PCC level or your MCC level or whatever it may be. And so, so it, again, it, it comes down to that as well. So with you saying that this is a rapidly growing field, what are the demographics that you've seen in this profession? You know, that's a great question. It's changing. Because it used to be kind of more the baby boomer age. It was, I mean, most people, they think of like Tony Robbins. They think of Brian Tracy. They think of Stephen Covey. You know, they think of people like that. And now it's actually getting more, it's getting younger. But I would say still when it comes to business coaching, when it comes to more the executive leadership, business, all of those kinds of things, then it tends to be older and it tends to be male. However, but on average, 68% of coaches are female. But when it comes to the business side, then it's about 54% are male. So it's slightly skewed more men than women. But life coaching itself is 68% female. And as far as the ages go, it really is getting to where it's pretty much between the ages of 30 and about 65 are where most of the coaches are. So it's pretty even when it comes to male-female ratios and ages, it's it's a wide span as far as what it is that people are, how people are coaching and what it is that they're, they're really doing. And I'm sure that this is going to range as well, but what range of salary can someone typically expect to make in a field like this? That ranges tremendously uh, because as a life coach, you get to decide what you're going to charge for things. And some people, then they charge very little. Some people charge high ticket prices for things. And so it, and you can also do just one-on-one coaching. You can do group coaching. You can do teleclasses or webinars. You can do retreats. You can do so many different things that will bring in different forms of income. But the average, the average is uh, $62,000 a year, uh, US dollars is, is what I found according to ICF and the statistics that they have done. I have friends that range from anywhere from much lower than that to three times as much as that. So it really is, really is dependent upon the coach and what it is that you're doing and, and who your clients are that you're catering to. So I guess in this field, are you ever managed by anyone? Is that a possibility? It it can be right. So for example, like I said, I also work with a consulting firm, so I'm not tech, I'm not technically managed by anybody in the coaching that I do. However, when I'm working with the consulting firm, then I do have to write up some things within the confidentiality that is necessary, right? So there are certain things I will not put in there, but just to kind of have them understanding what we're basically talking about. So they understand what the leadership development and all of those kinds of things. So that I, you do have some things like that, depending on if you're an, an internal or external coach as well, because you can be an internal coach for an organization or a company, and you would have a manager, you would have people that are that you are reporting to. I personally am an external coach. And so technically I don't have anybody that would be managing me other than the things that I've agreed to do within the consulting firm. How do you measure your progress in this field? Are there continuing education credits that you need to complete? Are there seminars you have to attend? If you're, especially if you're an ICF coach, 
then there are certain uh, hours that you still have to be completing not that are the basic, you know, when it comes to the ethics and the core competencies and all those kinds of things, as well as continuing education to perfect your craft. So that that's ICF coaches, those that are not ICF coaches, then you don't necessarily have to do anything. However, the way I look at it is it's kind of like playing the piano. I'll say playing the piano because I play the piano, but I, I'm self-taught. So <laughs> I, I play the piano how I want to play the piano is basically how it comes out. But if I'm not if I'm not playing the piano, then I get really rusty and I'm not as good. It's just not as natural. And I'd say the same thing for coaching, that the more you're reading, the more you're studying, the more you are listening and, and taking classes and doing those kinds of things, then you just, you're just a better and better and better coach. I know I personally am constantly reading, constantly learning, constantly doing things because I want to be able to help my clients in the best way I possibly can. And there are things that I will, you know, you're growing and progressing just by being a coach, right? Because you learn a lot by being a coach. But there's so much more that you can learn as you also are gleaning from everyone else's expertise and the things that they can also help you to be able to, to change and, and seeing things that you didn't quite see and, and just being able to have new approaches to things as well. What are your typical work hours before COVID? Okay, so the hours, it really, I looked up this too, the average hours is about 13.4 hours a week. And so, and that breaks down to anywhere from two to three hours and that's coaching. I know my kids, my husband, everybody is constantly saying, are you still working? Are you still working? Because I'm, I'm always doing things and I'm always learning. Like I said, I'm always doing things that are part of my coaching business. And so it really just completely depends on the person as far as how many clients you really have, how, what else you're doing besides just coaching, all of those kinds of things. It's increased because so many people, I would say the best way to describe it is when people were filling their lives with so many things and staying so busy, they were able to kind of run away from themselves and run away from things that they were not needing to take care of. However, because of COVID, then people are being a lot more introspective, a lot of times being forced to be, and also changing, wanting to change things in their lives that they before didn't have the time to even think about. And so because of that, then a lot more people are needing somebody to help them with being accountable to actually making their their goals you know happen and being able to kind of gain some more perspective and awareness of how to get out of their own way like I was talking about earlier so that they can have a greater ease in, in accomplishing the things they want to and and being able to improve some of the relationships that they're realizing now that they needed to be working on all along can you maybe walk us through an average session yeah so an average session is basically it, it Again, it depends on what kind of coaching you're doing, right? The way I've been trained and the way that I do it is I, I always have a coaching agreement with my client at the beginning. We, we go over, you know, what are some of the wins that they've had? What are some of the celebrations? Because a lot of times I work with high achievers, type A personality, a lot of that. And it's really easy to not see the little wins. And so we just keep seeing, oh, what I still haven't accomplished, what I still haven't done. And so I always make sure that that's one of the first things we do is, is we go over, you know, some of their celebrate, some of their wins so we can celebrate it and, and recognize it and see where they're, where they are actually improving and growing. And also part of the biggest thing of with coaching is the accountability piece. So any of the actions that they said that they wanted to take, we go over that and see, you know, how they did on it. If they didn't do it, do they still want to do it? What were some of the obstacles that got in the way? How can they change it if they need to change it? Whatever it may be. And then we set up the agreement as far as what it is that they want to focus on for that particular session that we're going to do. And then we go through that. We go through the session 
And a lot of it is just coaching presence where just being really aware and, and focused on your client, on what they're saying and what they're not saying. <laughs> That's a big part of it. And then through there, then just asking a lot of questions and being able to, sometimes I take people through certain processes. Sometimes I do visualizations and meditations with clients, depending because neuroscience has shown us that that's one of the things that's one of the quickest ways to help change our brains. Right. And so it's, it really depends on what might happen during the session. So it's whatever it is that the client says that they want to get out of the session, whatever their intention is, then we work towards that. And then at the end, then we talk about what are some of the action steps that they would like to take to help them to be able to accomplish whatever it is that they want to accomplish next. At the very beginning, when I set up coaching with clients and we always have a big picture plan. So we know what it is that they're wanting to accomplish overall. And then how something might fit into that is usually each one of the individual sessions. What's one of the best days that you've had at your job or what's the day that stands out to you in a positive way? Wow. You know, it's honestly, almost every time I coach, I walk away just so energized and so just I absolutely love what I get to do. It is beautiful to see people have breakthroughs and to have one of my clients then with one session, she had been having these struggles with her mom for 65 years, 65 years. And after one session, then she was able to see things in a different way and able to have such a breakthrough for herself that it completely changed their relationship. And to see the beauty of that, to see, and, and then to be able to follow up with her and see how things are going and to see how things changed for her. It's unbelievable how people's lives can change. And then another, another client of mine, then she was a teenager struggling with social anxiety. Cause I also have training in CBT and helping people with their anxiety and things like that as well. And so I was, I was working with her and at the beginning of our coaching, then she had had her, one of her finals <laughs> in high school and she, she got a, a grade that she didn't really understand why she gr got lower grade than she thought she should have, but she was petrified to even begin to go in and try and talk to the teacher, even when nobody else was around. But at the end of our coaching and we, we coached for, I think it was three months at the end of our three months of coaching. Then she also had a French class. One of the things that part of their class was that they had to do a fashion show in French with her in a group. And she, what she ended up doing is she ended up going to the teacher, making it possible for her group to be able to do it, not in front of the whole class, but to be able, she, she basically talked to the teacher, figured out how they could do it, how they could still do everything and be able to, you know, get their grade and be able to do the things that were required without having to do it in the way that was, you know, the teacher had said, and it was like night and day difference. It was like a complete 180. Right. And, and that's one of the things that, and when she told me, she said, you know, my, my anxiety used to manage me and now I manage it. And then how about a bad day or what's a challenge that you're frequently facing? Not everybody is a good fit for coaching with me. And sometimes they're a better fit for coaching with other people. And one of the things that I do is I also am part of, it's called Executive Coaches of Orange County. So I live in Orange County, California. And it's, we offer coaching for nonprofits, for leaders of nonprofits, pro bono. Sometimes then they put us with clients that are not really the best fit for us. And so that's when it comes, you can tell that's one of the reasons why I give free coaching session to every single person before we actually enter into a contract to be able to coach together, because it's just, some people just don't mesh. Right. And that's whenever it, the, and the coaching session doesn't go as well when that happens. And so I, I would say, as long as it's somebody who is the kind of person that you enjoy working with, 
and who is really ready for coaching. Cause sometimes it's their managers and their people saying you need coaching, but they're not open to coaching. They're not open to really doing anything. And they're super resistant. Then that's when it's hard. That's when it's hard to coach because there's nothing that I can do as your coach to help you accomplish anything. It's me helping create awareness and me helping with being able to, you know, provide some tools to help you help yourself. And if you're not willing to do those things, and that's one of the greatest tragedies that I, I think is wasted potential is when people have the ability to do something and to get out of victimhood and they just refuse to. And that's, that's for me really, really hard to see. I think there may be a few listeners out there who may have a misunderstanding or a misconception on the difference between a life coach versus other professions in the mental health field, such as a psychologist or an LPC. Could you maybe give an analogy of, that describes the difference between these professions and when someone would seek out a life coach versus you know, someone else in, in this mental health field? Yeah. So this is what I always tell people because <laughs> people always want to know that, right? Is so imagine that you're, you're walking and your, your goal is you want to get to the top of this mountain as you're walking the path, then there's a big hole and you fall into the hole. And as you're in this hole and you're stuck in this hole, then somebody comes over and offers you a hand to pull you out of this hole. That would be somebody that I would say would be like a therapist, a counselor, somebody like that to get you out of those deep, dark holes that you can fall into in your life. Once you're out of that hole, then you still want to get to the top of that mountain. And as you're going you know, along the path, then somebody comes to you and says, hey, I've been there. I can show you exactly how to get there. You just do this and this and you could turn left here. You turn right here and you know, it, you'll make it there. I promise you'll make it there. That would be a consultant. Somebody who tells you, you know, who's been there, who can tell you what to do and, and can get you where you want to get to. Then another person comes and says, hey, you know what? I, I can get you to the top of the mountain, too. But I want to see what are some of the things that you want to see around, along the way? Do you want to see the waterfall along the way? Do you want to be able to go over this place where it has this amazing fruit? What are some of the things that you want to be able to experience along the way? And then actually partners with you and walks with you and says, as you're walking together, hey, over here is that waterfall. You still want to go to that waterfall? Oh, over here is that fruit. Do you still want to go check out that fruit? And walks with you to the top of the mountain. That would be a coach especially in the therapy world and things like that. A lot of times people think that life coaches are trying to take over their clients, you know, the people that would be coming to them for therapy, but it's there. They are very different. And I know I have clients that they work together, right? It's, I have clients that have a therapist that have somebody that they're still working with because they work with you in a different capacity than a life coach does. Like I said, I have training in CBT. I can work with the act matrix. I can do things with people, right? that other life coaches might not be able to do at the same time. I still recognize when my client needs to be able to have an actual therapist and needs to have somebody who they are actually going to for certain things as well. And I think that's one of the things is as a coach. And I think that's part of the training too, is recognizing when somebody also needs a therapist and a coach and they, they can, they can be people that can work, walk with you together to help you keep getting out of those holes and, and help you get where you want to get to. So what's the end goal for someone in your position? Is there a ladder that you're trying to work up or is there something that you're trying to achieve in your career? 
Again, you know, I think that really depends on the individual. I mean, if you're getting your ICF credential, there are three levels of credentialing, right? So that you would go from your ACC to your PCC to your MCC. So you'd go through your different levels of, of actual credentialing. Or you can go from one of the things that, you know, people are constantly coming to me and asking for things with regard to the ICF credentialing process. And so that's one thing that I've, I've been thinking about doing is getting into mentor coaching to where I'm, I'd be mentoring other coaches to help them and being able to get through that process. So it's, it's different things like that, but some people it's just really about growing your business and helping your, your business to be able to, to reach more people or to be able to, you know, have more income to be able to do more of the, the fun things that you want to be doing. So it's really dependent upon each individual and what their core values are and what it is that they really want to do with their business. Do you have any advice for any listeners out there who might feel like life coaching is something that they want to do? Yeah. You know, if somebody is interested in doing life coaching, I would say get a life coach, but do your research to make sure that you're getting somebody who actually knows what they're doing, because that's one of the problems I would say with the coaching industry is there are a lot of people out there who have no idea what they're doing. And because of that, then they give life coaching a bad name. I mean, there are people who have come to me and, and we've had conversation. They say, oh, life coaching doesn't, doesn't work just in a conversation, like just, you know, people that I'm talking to. And when I talk to them a little bit about their experience and I, I, you know, come to find out that the person that was doing their life coaching was, that wasn't life coaching. That was more mentoring, or that was more consulting, or that was more, you know, just somebody just telling them what to do. And that wasn't even life coaching. And so I would say, if you're thinking about going into life coaching, then get yourself a life coach. Get yourself somebody who's who's actually certified and preferably somebody who has an ICF credential because that person actually went through all the things to, to show and to prove that they really know what they're doing as a coach. And, and you know, interview a couple different coaches, you know, three coaches at least to be able to figure out, you know, who's a good fit for you and just experience coaching yourself. Because when it comes to coaching, then you really have to be a good salesperson too. You have to be able to sell what it is that you're doing. And if you yourself have not experienced coaching and are not sold on coaching, then there's no way you're going to be able to sell it yourself to someone else. And so that will help you not only to understand a little bit more about coaching and what the process might be like, and if it really is something for you, but then also it would help you to be able to sell it in a way that would resonate with people and, and they would also want to have what it is that you've had. Thank you to Rachel for donating her time to the show. Follow us on Instagram at Employed Podcast and visit our website, employedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>